This is the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. We come to you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of the Most High Yahweh. Tune in each week to hear teachings directly from Scripture, focused upon believing in the Father, His Son, and the holy and righteous law of our Creator. At the end of this broadcast, we will give you the web address whereby you may contact us for further scriptural information. Well, good evening. It's great to be with you here for another evening of studying our Father's Word. I'm going to begin talking about a subject this evening that is not often discussed, not often talked about, and definitely not often preached across the pulpits of many churches in America or around the world, for that matter, today. And it's a subject that I think a lot of people would say isn't really that important or you're wasting your time or you're majoring in something minor or why can't you talk more about a pressing issue like abortion or homosexuality not that those issues are not important I believe that those issues need to be discussed and need to be talked about but the one I'm going to talk about tonight concerns a trend across the world, not just in worldly places and among worldly people, but also in churches and among professing Christians. And that is the subject of modesty in outward adornment. Now the first question a lot of people may ask is, well does modesty in the way that we dress make a difference? And many Christians today would answer in the negative. They would say that it's not our outward modesty that's important in our relationship with the Heavenly Father. It's instead the heart of the person that counts. And I've had people tell me time and time again over the years that we should focus not so much on the outside, but worry about what is inside of our heart. And a major problem with that is that our hearts are made manifest by our outward actions. What is on the inside is made known on the outside. Now, I will say that I do agree that a person who is filthy on the inside can appear to look cleansed on the outside. It doesn't automatically mean just because you see someone that may look holy or may look set apart in their outward appearance, whether they're modest or whether they're just biblical in the way that they look. And there is a biblical way to look according to the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments. A person can look spiritual on the outside and not be made new on the inside. However, it is impossible for a person to be made new on the inside and never change on the outside. A new heart and a new spirit and a new mind inside of an individual will be revealed by the outward appearance of that same individual. And it may take a lot of time. I'm not saying that people are supposed to grow in their faith automatically or overnight. It takes years and years and years, but it will be progress 
and it will not be stagnant. So I think that modesty in dress makes a difference. The reason I think it makes a difference is because of what we're going to cover in Scripture. But there are many churches today that profess faith in the Scriptures, and they proclaim that it's perfectly acceptable for men and women and children to wear immodest clothing. You don't ever hear messages preached from pulpits of a Christian church that address the issue of decency and modesty in the clothing that we wear. Often people think that dealing with issues like this is at the very best straining in a gnat and swallowing the camel of other issues that are invading the church in the year 2013. But I want to ask you, what does the Bible have to say? Because in reality, it does not matter what I think or what you think or what any other pastor thinks in their own mind. What matters is, do the scriptures teach us outward modesty? And if the answer is yes, then we have to deal with what the scriptures teach in an honest and serious way. And then we have to apply what the scriptures teach to our life. Now, in light of what Yeshua the Messiah stated in Matthew chapter 23, we should see that the followers of the Messiah should not take a position that the outside of the cup doesn't matter. That's not the position we should take. For instance, in Matthew 23, verses 25 through 26, we read, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup, so the outside of it may also become clean. Now, Yeshua does not say that the outside of the cup is unimportant. But he says our emphasis should be on having both the inside and the outside clean, beginning with the inside. And this goes not just for modesty, but this goes for any law of Yahweh that has attached to it some sort of outward look or outward appearance. Not just modesty and dress, but we could say with a whole host of other things. There's nothing wrong with the outward appearance of holiness, modesty, truth, righteousness, all these things. There is nothing wrong with any of them. However, an outward show of something or an outward commandment does not mean, as Yeshua states here in Matthew 23, does not mean that the inside of a person has been clean. First clean the inside. I recognize when I preach, whether on the radio or at a Sabbath service, at a public meeting, at a local congregational gathering, I recognize that unless the Spirit of the Most High enters into the heart, the inside of an individual, that my words will not be able to change their life. My words do not have the power to change the mind and the heart of that person. Only the Spirit of Yahweh has the power to change them. And when the Spirit of Yahweh comes upon a person, a changed life will be the result every single time. 
So here Yeshua does not say that the outside of the cup is unimportant. And this is because holiness on the inside reveals itself on the outside. However, the opposite is just as true. A wicked heart, a heart that is not holy on the inside, will also manifest itself on the outside. So there are many professing Christians who allow for just about anything in this world. They have a very liberal attitude, and they believe with that liberal attitude that there are many sins that Scripture condemns, which, for whatever reason in their mind, they believe that they're okay to practice, they're okay to do, they're okay to commit. They do not believe that obedience is a fruit of salvation. There are many Bible verses that teach that believers, followers of the Messiah, must obey their master. Passages like 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, where we read, Hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. A passage like Hebrews 5 verse 9 is usually overlooked where it says that the master is the author of eternal salvation. And then the last part says unto all that obey him. A lot of people don't like those words keep, obey, do. Now, Matthew 7 21, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth or does the will of my Father. Luke 6.46, Yeshua says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? There's a trend in Christianity that the words do or keep or obey, commandments, law, these things are not spiritual. In order to be spiritual, you, you know, sit in a corner or sit in a church service and speak a few words in an unknown language supposedly, and wait for the Spirit to tell you what to do instead of reading your Bible and allowing the Spirit through His Word to teach you right from wrong. See, the Spirit never contradicts the Word that the Spirit inspired. And I speak of the Spirit of Yahweh. If you want Yahweh to talk to you, if you want Yahweh to teach you something, then you need to go read the Bible. You don't need to wait for some kind of manifestation from the sky. You don't need to wait for a voice in your head. The problem that a lot of people have is when they wait for these voices or they say that they're just going to let the Spirit lead them or guide them in their mind, that means we're not going to worry so much about what the Bible says. We're going to wait to hear what the Lord has to tell us through an audible voice. And then to them... It doesn't matter if what they've been told contradicts the Bible or not. They're going to go with something that they have heard, supposedly, in the Spirit, quote-unquote, and the Bible gets thrown on the back burner. That's not how things ought to be. On the contrary, a Spirit-led life is a life that is obedient to the commandments of Yahweh found in the Bible. And you can check out Ezekiel 36, 26-27, and also Romans chapter 8. Being led by the Spirit means that you do not fulfill the desires of the flesh 
and the desires of the flesh is sin, and sin is the transgression of the law. So many people today teach that the only thing a person needs to do is to accept Christ into their heart and say a small prayer, and then they don't have absolutely anything to worry about. And in reality, if you are truly saved by the grace of Almighty Yahweh, and He has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, and He has freed you from sin through the atoning work of His precious Son, our Master and Savior, Yeshua, if you're truly saved, then obviously I do believe that you don't have anything to worry about and that you're clothed in the righteousness of the Messiah. However, the problem is is that so many people think that they're saved today, and they're really not. So many people think that just because they walked down an aisle or repeated a few words or started putting in one hour a week at church, that this means that they're saved. When in reality, they're just as lost as they've ever been. We have to get out of the mindset that being saved from our sins is like walking through a line and getting our hand stamped for a circus or something. It doesn't work that way. We must have a relationship, an ongoing and a growing relationship with our Heavenly Father and His Son, and that is evidence, or that is fruit, that we have been saved from our sins. We have been declared innocent in Yahweh's courtroom. And that there is nothing wrong with being an obedient child of our Heavenly Father. Now, some people will listen to me teach like this, and they'll say, that's legalistic. You're going into bondage. You're placing people into fear, and you should not teach that way. What I believe people are actually saying when they make those rebuttals or those objections to true holiness preaching is this. They believe in their heart of hearts, even though they may not say it with their mouth, that what we all need is liberation from Yahweh. I don't want to be bound by the rules and the regulations that Yahweh, the mighty one of the Bible, has to teach me. Yahweh teaches we should be modest in our outward adornment. They think that's bondage. We need to be liberated from bondage. I just heard a pastor yesterday say, we have been set free from those commandments where we do not have to obey them anymore. He even was so bold to make the statement that he does not care. Who knows that he said that? He said, as a matter of fact, you tell them I said it. Well, such a pastor doesn't understand, with all due respect, he doesn't understand the Bible. A pastor will never say that we need to be freed from regulations or commandments or laws that were laid down by our Creator. Whether they have to do with modest apparel or whether they have to do with thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal or remember the Sabbath day, true shepherds and pastors of flocks believe in freedom from sin, not freedom from the Almighty's law. If anyone knew the correct and proper way to obey Yahweh, it would have been his son, Yeshua. And his son, Yeshua, did not look at obedience 
as some form of negative legalistic living, his son looked at obedience as the loving response that we give to our Heavenly Father whom we want to please because we adore him, because we love him. I have five little children. I say little, one of them is almost 15 years old. By the grace of Yahweh, I have trained my children to love me and their mother. We've homeschooled them, and we've taught them the ways of Yahweh. We've not always done it rightly. We've had shortcomings in our child training, and we're still learning every day on how to train children. But my children love to please me and their mother. They do things because they want us to be pleased with them. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I believe that Yahweh, Father Yahweh, when he looked down at his son from heaven and saw him being baptized by Yohanan, John the Immerser, and the voice came and he said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. I tell my children that often. I'm well pleased in you, son or daughter, like Yahweh was well pleased in Yeshua. My older children have learned that the rules and the commandments that I give for them to follow are not commandments that stem from a heart of hatred from their dad. They're commandments that stem from a love for each and every one of them. I place a fence around their life, not to keep them from good, but to keep them from harm. Likewise, Yahweh does the same thing with us. And you've got to get this in your mind. You may say, Brother Matthew, this teaching is supposed to be about modest apparel. And it is, but this is the foundational sermon or lesson for the series on modest apparel. I'm going to get to some specifics and some details about modesty. But unless you understand that modest apparel is not Yahweh with a big giant thumb trying to press us down and keep us from the good things in life. Modest apparel is not people placing their nose up high amongst others and thinking of their self better than everybody else. That's not what it's about. Dressing modestly is about this. It is about a person whose heart has been changed and who wants to submit to their Creator in every way possible. That's what it's about. And it needs to stay that way. And we don't need to worry about what people may say about us or what people may think about us, or what people may do to try to make us feel less. We do not need to worry about all that. We need to recognize that there is freedom and there is liberty in the commandments and the instructions of our Heavenly Father. Anybody that takes a stand for modesty in their outward adornment is going to be labeled a legalist by the majority of the world. And that includes modern-day Christianity. You're going to be labeled a legalist, or like myself, you'll probably one day be called a Pharisee. Um, people will think that you're just trying to be better than them. People will say that you're just trying to be holier than thou. And what all these words coming from people stem from is a heart that has not fully submitted to the Heavenly Father in every area of their life. See, every area of our life, including the way that we dress, should be governed by 
the scriptures by the spirit which is the scriptures every single area not one area needs to be left out whether it's the area of parenting whether it's the area of how we act in the congregation whether it's the area of modesty in our outward apparel we have to be governed by the liberating law the law of freedom the law of liberty that James talks about in his New Testament epistle which is none other than Yahweh's law Psalm 119 verse 45 I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts every area of our life has to be governed by Yahweh's word yes the road and the way that leads to eternal life is very narrow Matthew 7 13 through 14 straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few be there who find it there's not many people in compared with the lost that are going to be saved from their sins and be in the kingdom of Yahweh I'm thankful for the grace of Yahweh upon my life I'm thankful for the grace of Yahweh upon the life of my wife and upon the life of my children and I want to make my calling and my election sure and I want to continue to grow in grace and in knowledge with our Heavenly Father and his only begotten Son at the same time I want to make sure that I never feel a sense of haughtiness a sense of pride a sense of better than thou I don't want to ever get to that point to where I think that I'm better than anybody else because of the things I do or because of the way that I even dress in obedience to the scriptures it's not about any of that what it's about is submitting to the will of Yahweh what it's about is recognizing he is my father and it doesn't matter what he says I know that he is always seeking to protect me I know that he is only looking out for my good and when it comes to decency and modesty you recognize that your father wants you men to recognize that your body does not belong to even yourself but it belongs to your spouse and for you single men your body belongs to your future spouse and not every single woman on the face of the earth and for you sisters for you women your body does not belong to you but your body belongs to your husband or you single women your future husband see and every single man does not need to see your body sister and every single woman does not need to see your body brother that is something that is private and that is kept for the marriage bed and you do not need to flaunt it around like you have a lot of merchandise attached to your body that is for sale that's what it's about a spirit-led life a life that wants to be conformed to the image of the Son of the Most High so in this introductory lesson on modest apparel I haven't talked a whole lot about modesty but we've just covered some basics and some fundamental principles about modest dress and modest apparel you need to understand that a lesson like this is not what's going to change your heart a teaching like this is not what is going to change your mind the Father still gets glory, the Son still gets glory out of preaching the truth, 
when the truth is preached, Yahweh is glorified. The only thing that's going to change your mind about modesty in the way that you dress is that the Spirit of Yahweh grabs your heart of stone and rips it out forcefully and gives you a new heart and a new mind and causes you to be obedient to His Word. He writes it upon your heart and upon your mind. I recognize that. And I long and I pray for anyone listening to this lesson. I pray that that will be the case in your life. I pray that it would because there is so much sin going on rampant. There's so much sex that is being sold across radio, television, billboards, advertisement. You see advertisements for vacuum cleaners or office supplies now. And there will be some kind of sexual connotation attached with it. It's difficult even driving down the highway without seeing some type of billboard that you don't want your children or yourself for that matter to look at because it's just selling unholy sex and there is such a thing as unholy sex sex was designed between a man and a woman that have committed to one another in marriage and that have vowed to one another to stay married for the rest of their life until death do they part and that is what we are to teach our children and when we wear immodest clothing, we're teaching them something opposite of that. And it leads to licentiousness. It leads to lasciviousness. It leads to men lusting after women, women lusting after men, having desires in their heart and their mind that ought not be there. It leads to adultery. It leads to fornication. It leads to divorce, splitting up marriages. Do you know that Satan wants to destroy your marriage if you are married today? The enemy would love nothing more than for you and your spouse to be split and your children to be reared in a broken home. Children cannot be raised by one parent. Children cannot be raised in a broken home properly. Now, by the grace of Yahweh, some of them turn out to be saved in spite, not because, but in spite of what's happened in their life and their childhood. And that's the great, powerful grace of our Creator. But children are to be raised in a home where a man and a wife are committed to each other. They love one another. They care for one another, and they're not worried about other men and other women in the world. And I'm speaking sexually here. I'm not talking about not having a care for people in general, but I'm talking about lust, fleshly lusts, fleshly desires. Husbands and wives, keep your clothes on your body. Your body is not for sale. It is for your spouse. 
And whether you realize it or not, your little children, from birth up till they leave your home, are receiving a message from you, their parent. And that message is either one of holiness and righteousness, or one of wickedness, lasciviousness, unlawful, evil, lustful desires. Do not allow Satan to come in and destroy your marriage because you cannot control the lusts of your flesh. You say, Brother Matthew, what do I need to do? You need to get on your knees and pray that Yahweh saves you from your sins. You need to get on your knees and ask the Father to remove those desires, those unholy desires, out of your mind and out of your heart. That's what you need to do. But we're going to get into modest clothing more next week. Stay tuned for the address and contact information. I can send you a free booklet on the subject of modest apparel for men and women. You've been listening to the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. Our website is ministersnewcovenant.org. That's ministersnewcovenant.org. Please visit our website where you will find hundreds of audio sermons as well as videos, books, and articles explaining various doctrines in the scriptural faith. For questions, you can also call 678-347-6240. That's 678-347-6240. Thanks for listening, and according to His will, may Yahweh richly bless.